0: Hi and welcome to the iPhone Life Podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life.
1: And I'm David Oberbach, CEO and publisher.
0: Apple CEO Tim Cook took the stage today to announce the iPhone 15, Apple Watch Series 9, and we have all of the recaps for you today.
1: I am excited. This is, I would say, our my favorite podcast of the year. What about you?
0: Yeah, it's sort of like Christmas for us here, I would say, or <laughs> any holiday that you celebrate.
1: <laughs> I hope you all are sharing in our nerdiness, because I think that makes us sound nerdy, but you all, I think, are right there with us with your Apple enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, September holds a special meaning for most Apple enthusiasts. It's when we get the new iPhones, and ever since the Apple Watch came out, also new Apple watches. So it's going to be exciting to get into that today. Um, Also, we're going to unveil at the end of the episode, which devices David and I are going to actually purchase. Yes. So we've been excited because not only do we want to tell you all about it, but we get new devices. Yes. All right. Let's let's just dive right in. First, we have a message from our sponsors.
2: Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by OWC, OWC makes super high quality gear for Mac, iPad and iPhone. They make the best portable solid state hard drives on the market. They're super durable and they're also small and sleek. They're perfect for moving or storing photos and videos from your Mac or your iPad Pro, which is how I use mine. If you're a MacBook Pro user, you know the struggle of not having enough ports or the right kind of ports to connect something to your computer. OWC also makes docks and adapters, which solve this problem for you. I keep the OWC travel dock in my computer bag all the time, and it saved me so many times. Just last week, I used it to connect my MacBook Pro to the TV in our hotel room. They also sell used Macs, iPads, and iPhones. So if you're looking to update your device and not break the bank, check them out. You can find OWC by going to their website, That's macsales.com. That's M A C S A L E S.com. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by Case Buddy. Case Buddy makes travel cases and accessories for your tech, and they have some really cool products tailored to Apple devices. They make ear loops for your AirPods so that they won't fall out. There's nothing worse than an AirPod falling out, you can't find it. CaseBuddy also makes sturdy travel cases for your chargers and your cables, so they're safe when you're on the go. They also make a product which has been really popular with our audience called the crossbody lanyard. It's a strap that goes over your shoulder and connects to your iPhone. This is perfect for those situations where you want to keep your device close at hand, but don't necessarily want to be holding it. You can check out all of CaseBuddy's gear by going to their website, GoBuddy.com. That's G-O-B-U-D-I.com. You can also find them on Amazon by searching CaseBuddy. C-A-S-E-B-U-D-I.
0: All right, David. So we're breaking a little bit from our usual episode structure. We usually go over tips and questions and things like that, but we want to just get right into the event. Yes. So uh, let's start out by bigger picture, talking about Uh, what what we got today and uh, then for then we could start out with the iPhones yeah
1: I think you know a few kind of big-picture takeaways and impressions number one Apple spent way more time than usual focusing on their sustainability efforts I mean I would say about a half an hour out of the two hours was focused on their sustainability efforts
0: it's true and they started out with kind of a strange supposed to be funny skit.
1: yeah
0: um, with a character they're calling mother nature who Mm -hmm. was giving them a hard time to see if they were really serious about their sustainability (laughs) efforts. It did help at least get my attention, but I found it to be awkward and painful. I had
1: mixed feelings because, for a few reasons, I think, (laughs) I, I really appreciate their efforts. I really am in favor of more companies doing more, of course, but it felt slightly... Contrived and self-congratulatory, maybe?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say self-indulgent and self-congratulatory definitely are words that come to mind.
1: <laughs> like we watched a half an hour on this and like we are here to cover your products. And obviously we want to talk about this, but I don't know. it, it felt a little bit I couldn't decide if I liked it or not because I liked that Apple is doing this stuff. It also I wanted now do it inspired me to do some research to see how much I can trust Apple on this. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, what I will say about it is that with our technology use a lot, I think a lot of consumers are concerned about sustainability because a lot of the metals and materials used in the devices are mined in ways that can be problematic for the environment and also human rights. And so I'm glad that Apple is taking those things seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if when they're announcing the new iPhones, if that's the right time and place and doing the skit the way they did just all about their sustainability efforts felt a little awkward and self-indulgent. That being said, I don't really know what the right solution for them would be. So I
1: agree. So that was first takeaway, just because it was notable compared to other announcements. Second takeaway from a big picture, we'll go into all the details of everything announced, but it felt like a very practical update. It also felt like an update where it was incremental. I didn't, none of, nothing announced today felt like it was truly revolutionary. It seemed like good updates that I will be excited to have. What do you think?
0: Agreed. For those of you who've been kind of tuned in all year, you'll know that in June, Apple really did have a break, uh, have a breakthrough with the announcement of the Apple Vision Pro. Of course, we're not getting that headset until next year, but that was the first time since the Apple Watch that we got a new product category yeah. that looks really cool and really different than anything we've seen. Um, so with this announcement, they went really right back to where they were before, where they're uh, just bringing out kind of incremental changes to the devices we have and love already which I'm glad they're doing but yeah it wasn't it wasn't anything like the June announcement.
1: Yeah, and it's a good point because I think Apple deserves a little bit of, you know, us cutting them some slack because they did release a truly revolutionary product. Yeah. This year, that being said, you know, I've been doing this long enough to remember when Apple introduced Siri or when they introduced you know, the iPhone 10, which was buttonless, some really breakthrough phones. Yeah. And so it feels like it's been a bit since we've had that, which is fine. It just means the iPhone is a more mature product. And the Apple Watch, unfortunately, is becoming a more mature product where you get incremental updates.
0: Agreed. I was listening to another tech podcast that was you know, comparing it to like refrigerators, for instance. It's like there's only, you know, once you've uh, come out with that, it's a truly useful device that we all use now But how many new things can you add to a refrigerator? And I yeah. feel like it is true that the iPhone's becoming a little bit like that.
1: Yeah, we're not quite a refrigerator yeah. level, <laughs> but yeah, it's certainly becoming a more mature product with more incremental updates. And I think that yeah. was reflected throughout.
0: Um, that being said, I, you know yes i am working at iphone life and so that's part of the explanation but i am still excited to upgrade my device and to i so we'll get more into that like i do think that there were enough new changes that it's exciting for people um it's just it still was an incremental update
1: yeah and i think the first half of what i said the practical is also important because i meant that honestly as a compliment
0: yeah practical can be good
1: (laughs) a lot of times apple when they try to be revolutionary will come out with products that are like features that are sound really exciting, but actually aren't very useful. Like I'm thinking about the Apple watch when you could send someone your heartbeat. Sounded exciting, really not useful. These were, they really focused on improvements similar with iOS 17 actually, improvements that affect our day-to-day life in really meaningful, useful ways.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. There's uh, good practical updates to the Apple Watch and to the iPhone 15 line. We'll get into that. And also more customization options. That's mm-hmm. a, a common thread throughout, mm-hmm. which is not always something that Apple is known for. Yeah. Uh, that's usually more of an Android thing. So it'll be fun to get into some of those, um, some of those updates.
1: So before we dive into Apple Watch, any other big picture updates from you that we missed?
0: They had some interesting nods to the Apple vision pro, which I ha- it makes sense, but I hadn't really been expecting or thinking about ahead of time, um, with the iPhone 15, we'll get into the pro line. They have spatial video and I could see that being a smart move for apple to start giving you features that in order to then watch, you need to get the vision pro to see. And I, I think it it's smart for them to start building in, um, ties into the rest of the Apple ecosystem in a way that's going to make you want that device.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, there's two sides to there, it, right? There's like the marketing angle of Apple trying to upsell you, but there's mm-hmm. also just the like practical, one of the things that makes Apple so great is that it has this ecosystem and all the products are integrated and work so well together. So it, it makes sense. And I agree. It was, it was interesting to realize, oh, wow, this is now going to be an important part of an ecosystem.
0: And with the Apple Watch Series 9, too, they had some software features that are specific to the Series 9 that also made me think of that. Like, they're doing a double tap we'll get into. And that's something, a hand gesture, which we'll be needing to get used to for the Vision Pro, assuming it takes off in a big way, which is a big if. Uh, But still, it seemed like there are things where they're trying to get us used to interacting with our technology in different ways. Uh, There was another Series 9 feature, too, um, that I'm struggling to remember right now, but also felt like it was preparing us for the vision Pro. So if I think of that, I'll get back to it.
1: Yeah, the main one for me that I remember was the hand tapping. But yeah let's yeah. let's get into Apple Watch and let's see if if you remember.
0: Yeah <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're starting out with the Apple watch. I
1: think so we'll we'll go in the order that Apple went.
0: okay. Apple started with the Apple Watch, so we got a Series 9 and also an update to the Apple Watch Ultra. Spoiler, the update to the Apple Watch Ultra was such small things that I can like barely even remember what they were. I think you can dive deeper, but for the most part, it was just an update. it was just not different. Maybe a brighter display.
1: The brighter display <laughs> was the biggest one. I mean, I, I, let, let me pull it up. I have it all pulled up because there's so much and we literally just watched it that I don't have it all memorized yet. Yeah, um, but I think faster processor in general we kind of tend to skip over this, and then every time I make sure to make a point of faster processors is probably the most important update, even though we have come to expect it. Uh, the brighter display certainly is like sort of the most noteworthy feature. Yeah, uh, the it's the brightest display Apple has ever made. Is how they marketed it,
0: <laughs> similar to how they say the best device we've ever made every year. And it's like, well, <laughs> would you make a worse one?
1: <laughs> Why did you make my device less bright?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I remember what I was gonna say before. It wasn't a, a nod to the Apple Vision Pro, but it was how um, pointing out how Apple is now tying together the devices and features so much more, um, both with name drop, with name drop, and um, the on-device Siri, where features added to the to the Apple Watch um, and Name Drop specifically, I was like, okay, they're really merging features across, across different OSs.
1: Yes. So let's start with those two, because those were actually pretty cool features. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say one of the cooler features was the on device Siri. So Apple Watch now has the ability to process Siri on your Apple Watch. It does not need to talk to your iPhone. And I believe this is where we had some points of like, a little There's confusion question marks does it need to have wi-fi
0: so i don't think so but they didn't explicitly say in the event or in the press release that that means that if you have a wi-fi only apple watch um that doesn't have a cellular connection that you can then use siri when you're not connected to your iphone that part was unclear to me
1: i my i think because i'm guessing it'll work the same as an iphone and like now I'm trying to pull up my memory on that, but my under my I think how it'll work was it processes your requests on device. It does not need to use internet to go to the cloud to process your requests. But many of the requests do require internet. For example, if you ask Siri how many quarts in a gallon, it needs to go check on the internet. But if you if you ask Siri to turn on your your uh, flashlight. It actually doesn't need the internet to answer that question. So I think many, if not most, of the requests do eventually go to the internet. But it's processed on device, which means, A, it's faster, even for the requests that do have to go to the internet. Uh, And B, it's more secure, because it's just less data being loaded in the cloud, which means that you're less likely to be spied on.
0: What about things like asking Siri to calculate your tip?
1: And there, that's where I that's don't like a know area. what it can process on device and what it can't.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I don't know. It'd be an interesting thing for us to look into and report back on.
0: But an example would be that I think will work now without your iPhone is using Siri to um, start a workout and stop a workout. Things yeah. like that. That's just using your voice to do controls on, on your Apple Watch directly I think it'll be able to do that now since it's processing those requests on your device. But if it yeah, if it needs to go fetch an answer online, that's where you would still need an internet connection either through Wi-Fi or cellular. Yeah,
1: so I think to summarize here, your device all of your requests will now be faster because much of it is processed on your locally. And also there'll be a lot of functions that you can do even without Wi-Fi on your Apple watch with Siri, which is great because like you're kind of getting at a lot of times if you're on a run, you're doing something like that. It's not uncommon to have your Apple watch and not have Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, is it makes it more secure. Uh, So that because of that, they're now allowing you to control certain things with your health app Mm -hmm. because of it. Like you can log medications or cycles or things like that. Which is nice. Yes.
1: And just to clarify, when I'm saying Wi-Fi, I really mean data. So I'm including Wi-Fi and cellular in that. OK, gotcha. the other feature you brought up was the tapping feature. So let's let's, yeah. ta- let's talk in- about that.
0: So this is a feature. We realize we've written some articles about it, because it's been an accessibility feature, which is something kind of hidden that you can enable. Um, but it's a feature they're now bringing into the mainstream. And that's allowing you to double tap your fingers together, your thumb and pointer finger together, to um, activate different controls depending on the app you're in. So if you have your camera open, you double tap, and it works as a camera shutter and takes a photo. If, you're, um, if someone's calling you, you double tap. It answers the phone. You double tap again. It hangs up. Um, there were some other ones that were interesting. Let me look up. Double tap. Um, snooze an alarm. That was my favorite. <laughs> I was like, you know.
1: You, sleep, you have your Apple Watch on when you sleep, huh?
0: No, but I've been more curious about sleep tracking and this was like to me kind of a good reason to try it I
1: think it would be uncomfortable. That's why I've avoided it
0: Yeah, I mean I have family members and friends that use it and say it's fine But I similarly had concerns that it would like interrupt my sleep. Um, so yeah, not sure other thing is, um that, uh, oh, I said camera shutter, answering and dropping calls. Oh, starting and stopping timers. Yeah,
1: and replying to text message. Um, you can check. You can go through your smart stack. So they have a new smart stack view, which on your Apple Watch which basically, like, uses AI to sh- show you different displays. And you can sort through them just by tapping. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, I think one of the signs to me of a really good feature is when they release it and I get a little bit angry that I haven't already had that.
0: And that we won't get it on our older yeah. Apple Watches. I feel annoyed about that because I wasn't planning on getting a new Apple I Watch. I do feel
1: a little annoyed about that. But I think I. it made me realize how many times I have something in one hand and I want to interact with my Apple Watch and I can't. Or I'll try to like literally use my nose to answer a phone call or something stupid <laughs> like that. Uh, and so a lot of time. <laughs> You never will have to now, thanks to Apple. <laughs> thanks, Apple. <laughs> yeah. um, but a lot of times, because Apple Watches are designed to be used on the go, you have something on one hand. So this will be a really nice feature.
0: Yeah. I. So actually, I think the, um, the double tap and I think the double tap... And the on-device Siri are the most exciting features about the Series 9 and make me want it.
1: They are. There's a couple others, though, to bring up. One you already talked about, which is Contact Drop. Yeah, Name Drop. Oh, Name Drop. Thank you. Which we are all getting on our iPhones with iOS 17. And basically what it is is when you want to share your contact info, if you're in the same room as somebody, you can literally just tap your iPhone on their iPhone and you can exchange contact info that way. You don't have to do the awkward, like... Let me text you. Oh, did you get it? Okay, text me back. So I have your number, that sort of thing, yeah. which is good. Um, so th- that was one of them. The Another one that I'm actually really excited about is the they expanded the – one of my favorite Apple Watch features is the ability to ping my iPhone because I just mm. chronically lose my iPhone all the time, and you can use your Apple Watch to make your iPhone ping. Well, now they added – extra layer of find my technology built into this
0: <laughs> didn't you say you use this multiple times a day yeah I am I use it once in a while.
1: using losing my iPhone I like swear to God, I lose my iPhone in bed like several <laughs> times a day. Like it just, I always just throw it somewhere and then can't find it.
0: So you're so, gonna use the advanced location tracking yeah. to find it in, in, on the other side of the bed, and
1: <laughs> just be like, yeah, like waving my wrist around. Uh, so how it works? It not only makes your your watch, or sorry, your phone ping, but it actually pulls up a little display on your watch that will, similar to find my how it works on like AirPods or, or AirTags. Will literally tell you when you're getting closer to it, yeah, and it'll it'll guide you to it.
0: It's basically like turn by turn directions yes. to your item.
1: And this is something that Apple released. Apple released on both the phone, fo- the new phones, and the new watch. All of the Find My technology works from farther away because I have really struggled. I not this will surprise you zero. Mm-hmm. I lose my AirPods a lot. <laughs> I once threw away my airpods you did? like i had trash in one hand and airpods in the other and i somehow managed to throw them both in the trash and then lose it
0: okay i mean this is similar we had a lady write in recently saying she swallowed one of her airpods instead of a pill I, and i was like i could see how it happened if you have the pill in one hand and the airpod in the other
1: everyone was laughing but me and i was like oh my god i would do that yeah I'm, you and i both <laughs> yeah. were thinking that. Um, yeah. anyway. so- the problem, though, is my AirPods have Find My Technology, <laughs> but it doesn't work very well. Have you had this problem?
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm still You're laughing. You're still about thinking about that. me
1: throwing away my AirPods? Yeah. <laughs> have, have you had this problem where, like, you lose your AirPods, you go to find it, you pull it up on your phone, and it, like, they're out of range? They're out of range. Yeah, yes. And even when it's in my own home, it'll be out of range.
0: Yeah, to me, it's pr- very limited. It's
1: very limited. Uh, so the idea is it's getting a lot less limited. They ha- have improved the chip that uses fi- that they use for Find My, so now you can find it up to like 60 feet as opposed to it was like 5 or 10 feet before.
0: Yeah. Wasn't it like 20 to 30? But either way, it's a lot more. Yeah,
1: I don't actually... Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Um. So that did seem like a cool feature. Also, people in the office were like, my Apple Watch is bright enough, but there is... Uh, the new feature that it's twice as bright of a display from the series eight, which I think is, is better. I, I, I,
1: yeah. I thought that was kind of nice. There are yeah. times when I'm out in the sun and I don't, and, and I, like, it's a little bit hard to see. It's not one of those reasons. The thing is with all of this to sort of cut to the chase, all of these are nice features. In my opinion, none of these are features that would require somebody that had a new Apple watch to go buy a new one. Right. Agreed. Like, you're not like, Oh, it's twice as bright. Go, I'll go buy it.
0: Yeah, I believe I have the series six and I could double check on that. But now there's enough things stacking up over a few years that I'm contemplating the series nine, but it's definitely one of those things like Apple's been just stacking things up like a little by little over the years. And then that kind of comes together to to be significant. Um, but if I had last year's one, I would not buy this one.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think again, like these are all great features. Yeah. I am excited to have them someday. I think I have last year's, so I'm I'm not planning on buying it.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, they have a pink one, right?
0: They have a pink one. Yeah, which honestly, I don't get that excited about colors. I, we have a, some people on the team who love colors, especially when there are purple things, but
1: It's a very divided point in the office. Some people, the only thing they care about for the announcement is what color it'll be. I shouldn't say that. Everybody cares yeah. about all the tech stuff. <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody under yeah. the bus. But some people also get very excited by the colors and others like me, I really don't
0: care. I really don't care yeah. either. So when they, they led with Apple Watch Series 9 being pink and I was like, oh, great.
1: Yeah. Um, We should mention again, we always kind of don't give this enough attention. It's a new processing chip. It's an S9 chip now. Um, So it'll be faster, better, I believe, better battery life, right? I didn't actually, I'm not sure I heard that, but I just sort of assumed.
0: Yeah. Sadly, both with the Series 9 and with the Apple Watch Ultra, I don't think they've improved the battery life. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely something that I keep an eye on with the Apple Watch um, because it seems like it would be really great if they... Could get a breakthrough beyond that all day battery, but they are just like all these new features. Plus, you still get an all day battery. Yes, but all day, like yeah, it's not so, a very long battery life.
1: <laughs> so I already kind of tipped my hand, and I I think you did as well. But I I think no pun intended for the watch. <laughs> I'm I think this is a great update. I think if you've been thinking about buying an Apple Watch go for it go i would in general i would recommend buying the newest one because it you know you keep these devices for so long that you might as well it makes it last longer buying the newest one um but i i'm not planning on upgrading because i have the most recent apple watch how about you
0: also not updating uh the double tap i think i'm kind of intrigued by but even with that i'm kind of curious whether people are going to adopt that or whether it's too nerdy
1: I think I I I will
0: like Apple I can tell it's like they're wanting people to get used to doing stuff like that. The Vision Pro is still a question mark to me like is that is it too nerdy for people to be wearing at the headset you know especially for like especially getting outside of gaming now and trying to make it more of an everyday device to me there is a hurdle there. Uh, The features look so cool and high tech but like could I really do that. And yeah, with the Apple Watch, I I probably would use double tap, but um there yeah, there was something with that where I'm like, okay, they're trying to get us to use tech in new ways. I'm curious how quickly that'll adopt with people.
1: See yeah, I've already I've already admitted to using my nose. <laughs> so clearly I will. But I, I think that in general the times when you would use it are times when you're probably not the most self-conscious. In other words, it's like yeah. when you're walking home and you have your hands full. It's not like you're in a meeting and your Apple Watch starts buzzing and instead of tapping it, you double tap. Like, it's yeah. usually in situations where you probably won't care that much, is what I would think, but who knows.
0: And also, it just has to work well. But Apple's yeah. usually pretty good about that. But I could see it being really annoying, like snoozing my alarm, for instance, if I had to like keep double tapping my fingers tapping. when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It will. Yeah, I agree. It has to work well. But Apple, I, I trust them to make it work well. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the Ultra before we move on to the iPhone. Anything else we want to add about that? I mean, it really, it was like it was a brighter screen.
0: Brighter screen, better deeper processor. diving.
1: Yeah. It, better, it has the S9 chip, so it'll be faster and better you know, in certain ways.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think that it was a huge update there. Both um, keep the same price. Yes. As, so we've got the 399 base price of the Apple Watch Series Nine, and then the 799 for the Ultra Two. And you can actually start ordering your Apple Watches right away today. Then they will begin shipping on Friday, September 22nd. And today, by today, I mean September 12th for those listening at home later.
1: <laughs> um, I, why don't we, before we get into iPhone, take a minute and talk about Insider?
0: Yes, let's take a minute to talk about Insider. So for all of you Apple enthusiasts out there, we have a premium subscription called iPhone Life Insider. It's an educational platform for people who have Apple products and who are lifelong learners. And we're dedicated to helping you get the most out of your devices and doing it in a way that really works with your life. We have really short, quick content, like our daily video tips, which teach you something cool you can do with your Apple devices in one minute a day, sent to your inbox every day. We also have in-depth guides with iOS 17 coming out September 18th. We have an iOS 17 guide with step-by-step video tutorials and a downloadable PDF that goes over every single feature that's available on your iPhone. We also have a live iOS 17 course you can join where we have Wednesday and Thursday sessions every week that go over all the new features and Q&A sessions where you can ask our expert instructors all your questions. So it's all dedicated to making sure that you can use all of these exciting new features as quickly as possible and impress all your friends in the meantime. And,
1: and I want to reemphasize one more time because it was actually one of the, to me, the more exciting parts announcement. Apple, or I guess it wasn't announcement, we it came out right after. Apple is coming out with iOS 17 on Monday the 18th, correct?
0: Yes, Monday, September 18th. When you go to check your phone, you should have an iOS 17 update available. Sometimes it's staggered by a few days, but right around then.
1: And the day it comes out is when our iOS 17 guide comes out. So we got you covered right away. And this year we're including something really cool. It has a pre-update checklist. Is that what mm-hmm. we're calling it? So when it comes out. First thing you should do is, if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe at iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And first thing you should do is get that pre-update checklist and you can print it out and literally just follow step by step to get iOS 17 loaded on your phone.
0: That's right. And we're offering 30% off right now for all of our podcast listeners. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and sign up for Insider today. We have a 60 day money back guarantee as well, so you can test out all our features and make sure it's right for you without any risk. So, we have a fun surprise for all of you listening at home. We have Dave Hamilton from Matt Geek Gab joining us now. He watched the event today. He has some hot takes for us. And of course, we're going to ask you, Dave, what device you're planning on buying from today's event. So, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you making this work. This is amazing.
0: So, ha, let us know any what were your big picture thoughts from today's event. So,
3: big picture thought: my first one was as we were well, the most important one. It probably wasn't the first one, but as we were watching the event, seeing them start to unveil the iPhones, the iPhone 15, the the the, the regular, we'll call it the base model. As they were introducing it, it was like, okay, wait a minute, like these features all sound like a pro model. <laughs> and then they even said, uh, and I want to get the quote up here because I got it right. They, they I want to get it right. They said, um, this is going to hit with our pro users. And I thought that was a really interesting thing for a f- company that presumably was also going to announce an iPhone 15 pro several minutes later, which of course they did. And so looking at the differentiators between the pro and the, the, between the pro and the not pro it's really interesting right because the iphone 15 is essentially the iphone 14 pro right yeah right.
1: exactly that's what i was thinking it sounds like a pro it sounds like the iphone 14 pro <laughs> <laughs>
3: sounds like the
0: phone i have
3: <laughs> it sounds like but i wouldn't like i would not buy i have a 14 pro as well i would not buy a 15 because i would lose a few features yeah. one of them is the the you know the third camera but a big one is the always on screen yeah, and now exactly. that's the, that seems like an artificial limitation of the 15 not pro right because it's got the oled screen it's got the same chip that the 14 pro has so like but it's apple so it's how they do it right like they, they got to differentiate somehow
0: I know. I was having the same thought and and was like, oh, people should just get the 14 Pro. But then David pointed out to me, Apple takes the 14 Pro off the website uh, as soon as so they're doing it for a reason. Yep. Uh so so what about the 15 Pro line? Are you tempted by that, even though you have the 14 Pro or what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah. Yeah, the 15 Pro definitely tempts me. That like that's that's the one and like do i need it? no. am i am i going to get one? probably, you know. <laughs> like, because that's just how it goes, right? I hey, I like the titanium um mm-hmm. one thing that's interesting uh, uh, you guys might be in the same boat. I like over the last week, I've started getting shipments of cases for what case vendors are calling the, you know, 2023 6.1 inch Pro iPhone, right? cuz mm-hmm. you know, the name is now Yeah, yeah. And as I always do, I try and take my existing phone, so the fourteen Pro, and I put it in those cases. It doesn't fit, um, and it's because I think because the titanium case, and Apple said this during the announcement, they're able to make the bezel or the you know the uh, the frame of it thinner because it's titanium. And so I think that's why the cases are just a smidge, like just tighter. I could probably cram my 14 Pro in, but it wouldn't be happy in there. Yeah, it's
1: supposed to be a little bit smaller of a form factor while keeping the exact same screen. Also, it's a slightly beveled edge. Right. Whereas I think the fourteen pro is just that hard edge. Which even after all
0: my years of covering Apple events, be- the word bevel, I'm like, what is that what does it mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> it's rounded, <laughs> but we need yeah. it to sound fancy. Yeah.
3: yeah. So yeah, I'm I mean the 15 Pro it was interesting to see Apple offer their reasoning for the for the the the, the differentiator right between the fifteen and the fifteen pro. And for them Yes, they talked about the camera, but they led with games. Like, they Mm. really were talking about the 15 Pro as the, you know, this is the flagship handheld gaming device and that's that's different for apple like they've used different things to differentiate the pro in the past
0: and it's a good point which to me doesn't seem like a universally appealing thing that's what i was gonna say for me that fell
1: flat like i don't know a lot of people that are gaming on their iphone and obviously apple's hoping that'll change with this but for you was that enticing at all
3: no but i wonder you know leading into this event for the first time in a while as I'd had conversations with friends that are equally nerdy and buy new phones that they don't need every year, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like the rest of us. Uh, to
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, every one of them went into it saying, maybe this is the year I don't upgrade. Maybe this is the year. I, mm-hmm. And you know, this is for the first time in, in many years, you know, the economy is much softer now than it has mm-hmm. been. Right. And so I, I wonder if that, played into apple's decision as to how to market this the idea of explicitly saying that the 15 is a device that's going to entice pro users showing that yeah the 15 pro really you don't need this unless you want the camera or the games like you know they they downplayed the always on screen as a differentiator whereas last year that was a huge differentiator for the pro model right so I wonder if Apple is thinking we're probably, it's going to be tough to reach into people's wallets. Maybe we try to do that with the lower end phone.
1: And we were talking about how recent updates have been very iterative. And I'm one, I mean, with that in mind, it's possible Apple's planning a really big update next year.
3: Fair point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 The 16 could be, who knows what they add. I don't like, I don't know. Like titanium seems pretty cool. Like that's (laughs) what I want. It, do you think Apple is, you know, with with both the the titanium case on the Pro and then the uh, the you know the non titanium case on the regular iPhone 15? They talked a lot about the matte finish. It feels better in your hand. It's grippier. Like that was a uh, there. There was a definitely a subtext and even an explicit text about that. You think they're trying to convince people, really? You should try this without a case before you just automatically jump into that.
0: <laughs> David was just threatening to use his new iPhone without a case. But you're right. I think that the titanium case, it they keep on saying it's, or it's tougher. So maybe you can, the shell will be enough to protect your phone. And the action button seems cool. Like I personally am excited about programming that. But now that you mention it, they, between the iPhone 15, getting so many of the 14 pros features, and then, uh, also, um, yeah, I just think the fact that they're now are doing a digital version of the telephoto zoom. So that kind of brings some version of what we're getting with the higher end iPhone as well. Like maybe they really are pushing people just to buy the iPhone 15.
3: It sure felt that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and it would make sense with with people having, you know, less disposable income and all that.
1: I mean, if, they, if that was their goal, they failed. Because I want the <laughs> iPhone 15 Pro Max. What about well, you? It sounded like that's what you wanted as well, right?
3: I, not the Max. The Max is okay. too big. Listen, I am someone that if Apple still sold an iPhone Mini, I would buy it. For I, I went with the 12 what? and 13 Mini. Yeah when, yeah, when I could. And then the 14 was me going back to a, a bigger. The 14 Pro was my bigger phone. So... I, no, I, I love the, I love the mini. I think they should offer the uh, iPhone 15 pro mini or iPhone 16 pro mini. Like that's the phone I want because I don't need a huge screen. I have an iPad. If I want a larger screen, I've got a laptop. If I want a larger screen, I want the small phone in my pocket.
0: You know, we're going to have to check in with you next year about this because that's what I've been saying for years. And David finally convinced me. I'm going with the pro max this year. So we'll have to let you know how, how it goes. You'll have to let us know what you think. Yeah. I, yeah. now. Um, well, I know you
1: don't have a ton of time, so I wanted to. ask no, I've got
3: a little. I've got a few more minutes okay. for sure. Uh,
0: yeah. Apple Watch.
1: Are you? What were your thoughts on the new Apple Watch?
3: I am impressed. At, at least, I mean, I haven't touched it yet, but you know, with the 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 new chip that that S nine chip that they put in there, that thing. I mean, that's way faster than what we have with the eight, and it remarkably faster than watches prior. I am. I am due for a, a watch upgrade this year. I don't buy a new watch every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, in fact, I have only ever owned two Apple Watches, the Series 0 and then the Series 5 that I still wear. I bought a, a Series 8 last year that I was going to switch to and then really just wasn't compelled to switch to it, so I wound up giving it to my dad, uh, who who loves it. But yeah, I'm excited about the Series 9. I'm not sure if I'm going to go with the Series 9 or the Ultra 2, though. That's the. Mm. That's kind of where I'm. It's probably going to be Ultra Two though. I I, th- I think that's where I'm going to go with it. Yeah.
0: So were there any features about the Ultra Two that tipped you over the edge of wanting to get the Ultra this year, or you're just like, so many people are loving the Ultra, I want the Ultra now.
3: Yeah it it's more it's it's more the latter. Uh, mm-hmm. The battery life of the Ultra is is certainly a, a thing that, that yeah, it, it, and, and I don't, I don't have huge wrists, but I'm used to, when I don't wear an Apple watch, I wear mechanical watches. And so mm-hmm. I'm used to chunky watches on my wrist and it's I'm not a problem a, for you. It's no, it's fine. It's cause the, watch the ultra isn't remarkably large. It's just sort of, it's thick, right? It's, it's a chunkier watch and that, yeah, that doesn't bother me. So I'll probably go with the ultra, but you know, my series five still works great. So, I kind of can live in both worlds if I want. I can wear my Series 5. I can wear the Ultra 2. You know, so. Yeah. I have
0: to say, I haven't talked to anybody who, uh, anybody I know who has that Apple Watch Ultra loves it.
3: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It surprises me how many people just buy that as the default, like not the nerdy people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just see, I see like normals out there and it's like, you're wearing an Ultra? <laughs> like, oh, what you- interesting.
0: What did you think about the double tap? Was it worth it to you to get the Ultra Two or, or get the Series Nine so you can do those hand gestures? I like that. I've used the
3: Assistive Touch thing before, which is sort of the you know Ultra Tap that mm-hmm. that lived inside of accessibility for a while, yeah. it, the, you know. And that, I, I you know, yes, I it, I can see where that being more integrated into the OS and and the watch itself would be. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I think we'll see. I probably will wind up hanging up on people without thinking about it, too. But, you know, we'll <laughs> get used to that.
0: Yeah. How about, I'm how about you? Fence, or, a, like, I'm on the fence. I, at first, I was really excited about it in the announcement. But then I'm like, would I actually do it, though? And would I be embarrassed to do it in front of people? Just to be sitting
1: there, just kind of tapping <laughs> your fingers together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but well, um, but I, no, I think it's one of those things where it's like it would just be a habit change that might take me a while to get used to.
3: That's it. And I think it will wind up being one of those things that we learn to do very subtly. Like they were being, you know, overly demonstrative about it in the keynote for obvious reasons. But it's not the kind of thing that you need to like, let me hold my arm out and pinch my fingers like you could just do it with your with your wrist at your side. And that's kind of an interesting thing. So
0: that's true. You can be discreet. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so okay. uh can you tell our listeners where they can go to listen to your recap because i i know you you did a show today as well
3: we did that's right yeah you can find that at macgeekgab.com and, and you'll find both the video and the the audio version there and that's you can always find me at macgeekgab.com yeah
0: awesome well thank you so much it's great to have our friends over at macgeekgab join us for the show i uh, hope everyone enjoyed meeting dave thanks so much for joining us
3: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate you fitting me in today. This is awesome.
1: Thanks, Dave. Nice talking to you. All
0: right, so let's get into the iPhone 15. iPhone
1: 15, all right. So the it's funny to start in, to do in the order that Apple does it because a lot of what came to the iPhone 15 was what was on the iPhone 14 Pro last year. Mm-hmm. So I think honestly, one of the most exciting features is the Dynamic Island. You know but we also obviously already had that for the pro
0: yeah but a lot of you might not a, a lot of people don't have the iphone 14 pro line so it could be new to you that's the apple's kind of clever solution to covering up the dreaded notch at the top of the display <laughs> where they where they house your face id and front-facing camera lenses so yeah. that software feature if you're not familiar with it Sort of uh, obscures that point and puts handy information up at the top of your display. I like it I don't think it's a reason to buy a device, but I'm glad that they're just making that more universal because it's much it's a much nicer use of that screen than the ugly notch. I
1: agree it's not certainly not like a reason to upgrade, but I loved it. I think it was when it was a very elegant solution to the problem that you need a camera in the front of your phone yeah, but you don't want to take up screen real estate. I find it to be really useful for things like turn-by-turn directions. It's a quick shortcut if you have music playing in the background. So if you don't already have it, you're in for uh, a really nice feature. And I'm excited because now that it's a universal feature that the entire line has dynamic island, I think we're gonna start to see it be used more and more. I think because Apple could only make features with Dynamic Island available to the Pro line, it didn't use it as much. So I think hopefully it'll start to be used more and more. And I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I think so too. USB-C, that's the big rumor we've been talking about for yes. a long time. That was rolled out across all of the new iPhones, including the base iPhone 15 and 15 plus, which we're talking about first, first here. And that's really nice. I mean... I think it's nice because it means that I can charge my MacBook Air and my iPhone and any other third-party USB-C devices I have all just with one charger and can get rid of the rest. Um, So Apple is moving towards having just one charger for all your devices.
1: Yeah, to add some context to this, Apple released the lightning cable, I think it was like 10 years ago now or something Mm. like that. And at the time, (laughs) before that we had that 16-pin, Connector, which was the really fat one we used on the original iPod, and so the Lightning was a really big improvement. It was reversible; you could plug it in either way. It was eight pin, so it was way smaller. It was great. Uh, that that being said, USB-C has come along since then, and off and modeled a lot of what they did off of Lightning. To be fair, but it's become the standard for everything other than Apple products. And then Apple has started using USB-C for for Mac. And for iPad, and at this point, there's just one device, uh, two devices, there's the AirPods as well. So two devices left, they use Lightning. Um, And so I think at this point, it makes a lot of sense. I agree, it's a good feature. It probably, to be honest, it was a couple years late. Like, it's been a couple years now where there was really no reason we needed a different cable for the iPhone than we had for the iPad. And it'll be so nice, especially for households to have that have Android and iPhone, they can use the same chargers now pretty much, especially within the next few years as USB-A gets sort of phased out, pretty much every piece of technology will just use one cable.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty amazing. I think Apple didn't do it to make it easier to use cross-platform, because Apple doesn't usually try to make it easy for (laughs) us to use things cross-platform. It sounds like they just got pressured by the EU to do this, but I'm happy they're doing it nonetheless. One thing I will say, though, to be honest, is I rarely plug my iPhone in anymore. I really like MagSafe. And so I most of the time just charge wirelessly.
1: I agree. I I love MagSafe. I have a dock that I use by my bedside that I use. When I'm in the car, I'll plug it in a lot, though.
0: Mm, I guess I do plug it in, in the car, too. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and
1: when I'm traveling, it'll be real. Somebody was pointing this out. How nice it'll be just to literally have one cable. Because I travel with I think like four different cables at this point, and it'll be so nice to just to have one cable.
0: Yeah. So I think it, it is going to be really nice. Plus, they came. They're coming out with an AirPods Pro case that's USB C. Yes. Or the new AirPods Pro. If you buy them now, starting now, they'll have that case, which is great.
1: Yes. Okay, so yes, all devices, USB-C now, uh, moving forward, except for Apple Watch, I guess, I realize. So we still have the, the puck for Apple Watch.
0: Yeah, the proprietary puck. Uh,
1: the other feature for the iPhone 15, which is, again, a feature coming from the Pro line last year, the 48-megapixel camera. Uh, and so that is really... Well, that's a lot of megapixels. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that's nice about it is... Because it's so many megapixels, you can do a digital zoom and it's still high enough quality that it's acceptable and you're still going to have a high quality photo. So what that means is on the iPhone, you not only have on the iPhone 15, you not only have a 0.5x and a 1x, but now they're adding a 2x. So you get a zoom now that didn't used to be there because of the high megapixel camera.
0: And my understanding of it is that th- they did work this past year with their like computational, advanced computational photography, is what they're calling it, um, in order to do this. So it's a blend of hardware and software features that allow you to do this. Um, it did look really impressive to me. Most of the time, though, when there's features that are like gi- digitally reproducing. Uh, hardware feature. I'm a little bit skeptical of it. Like the mm-hmm. pro line that actually now has this amazing optical zoom and does things that are actually, um, that they're not a digital reproduction of it tend to be higher quality, like portrait mode, for instance. Yeah. Portrait mode now comes on most iPhones and even on some of the older generation ones, but I've noticed the ones that are doing just like a reproduction of it digitally tend to like have blurrier, not get the edges quite right. Yeah. Like there are a little bit more telltale signs that it's not quite right, but this does have 48 megapixels. So it's like I, and that, so there is good reason to believe that the feature will work pretty well.
1: Well, and we've had the 2x zoom on the pro line since last year and i i think i've said this before on this podcast but i often find i don't know what you think i often find that the 3x is just too zoomed yeah actually so, i agree so i end up using 2x way more than 3x even though i know because we do this podcast and we teach these classes that it's not quite as high quality as 3x i still do it because it's like the right level of zoom
0: yeah no i agree like you get too close in yeah If you do 3X, you kind of start walking backwards to get a good photo. Yeah, which I guess is us being like, this is like majorly first world problems. (laughs) The Zoom is too good on our pro iPhones. (laughs) For
1: us. Um, But they did because it was for the um, portrait mode effect. It was a software solution. They added this cool feature, which is basically you don't need to do, you don't need to have your phone in portrait mode for it to work. And it can retroactively apply the portrait mode to different subjects within a photo.
0: Wait, so you can apply the different depth effects to a regular photo not taken in portrait mode? That was the
1: point? And you can, after the fact, decide to switch the depth effect to somebody else. So let's say... You took a photo like right now. Well, I guess most people are listening, not watching. But let's say you take a photo of somebody who's really close and another person is a little farther away. You could switch it back and forth so the person close is clear and far away is blurred and vice versa.
0: Yeah, I thought that was so cool. But actually like that key point of the mode that you need to be in is a big deal for me because usually I have live photo turned on and so yeah. I can't use portrait mode. So mm-hmm. actually then breaking that wall would be really nice.
1: Maya, it seemed like you can do live photo and portrait mode together,
0: uh, which is great. And also that'd be a big deal I for me. I love,
1: love, love portrait mode, but I find it so frustrating when you're trying to take a photo in portrait mode. I can never quite get the right distance from the subject. And it's always like, take three steps forward, now two steps back, now lean in a little, and then you get the photo. And so presumably this will be this will solve that problem as well.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a, just a me problem. I'm, I'm always like standing too close or too far away, never quite right in the right spot. No,
1: that, it's definitely not you. <laughs> okay. It's really annoyingly hard to do. And I often use por- portrait mode when I'm taking photos of people And then they're just sitting there with these smiles that get more and more fake as I'm walking back and forth, but too stubborn to just switch away from portrait mode.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons it's one of the points I also want to make with the pro camera updates is that I love how they're making it easier and easier just to get the photo in the moment without having to fiddle around a bunch. Because I do think... When it comes to taking really nice photos, it can't really be underestimated making your subject comfortable. And I think with iPhones, it's just so much easier than with a DSLR where you have like a big lens in someone's face. So the portrait mode, my biggest concern of using it has been that a lot of times you have to take longer framing it and that there's, um, there's just more fiddling around involved with getting it right. And by then you have an uncomfortable subject. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you have a very clear photo of a very uncomfortable person.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I know you and I are necessarily worried about the colors of the iPhone, but just real quick, we do pink. have a pink iPhone. What do you think of the pink, even though you are you don't care?
0: And you're not just asking me because I'm a woman. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I,
1: I will also weigh in on the color. Yeah. It makes you feel better.
0: Um, I don't like it.
1: It's too... We had, It's too...
0: It's like not... I honestly might like, a. I like neon colors, and this is more of kind of like a pastel light shimmery pink.
1: It's a little bit, yeah. In general, their colors are a little bit pastel.
0: Yeah, I like, I tend to like bright colors in a flat tone or a neon. And so, like, both the shimmery and the pastel is not my thing, personally. Um, I mean, it's kind of pretty. I just don't find it to be that, like, stylish
1: I I agree, and I think I, across the line, all of them, like, none of these are colors that I would pick, per se.
0: Yeah, I gravitate toward.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, A lot of times I've been more jealous of the base-level colors when they're brighter.
1: Yes, I agree. In the past, that's part of why I'm saying that. In past years, there's been colors that I've really liked. And, and been this, like,
0: why do we only get the boring muted tones in the Pro line? Yeah. And this year I'd, I feel the opposite. Yeah. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling like we're missing out on the color front. A couple
1: important caveats
0: to add here.
1: Um, number one is that Apple did the same thing they did last year, which is they using the older chip. So it has an A16 chip, whereas the Pro line, which we're about to get into, has the new A17 chip.
0: Yeah. So this is the thing. It, it's interesting. David was pointing out to me Apple takes the 14 Pro off uh that you can't buy it from Apple anymore yeah. once they come out with their new phones and uh they so It really is Apple's strategy that they're giving you most of the things from the pro line from the year before, um, but they're not offering the the pro from the year before is still better. And that's part of the reason they're not offering it anymore. So like this new, if you get the 15 or 15 plus, you're basically getting the 14 pro minus you don't get the OLED display. You don't get a third telephoto lens and you don't have the always on display.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, and we're going to get to the comparing and contrasting of the new phones, but The OLED display is beautiful. You don't get that. It's a very nice display. Yeah, it was a high
0: refresh rate. You don't get that either. And you
1: don't get the nice three camera set.
0: Yeah, but you do get the dynamic island. You get the A16 chip and you get what else? There was more Uh, USB-C, which the other device is getting too. I guess that's it. (laughs) And
1: you get, I mean, the camera is, you get not the new focus, the the new um, portrait modes and all of that.
0: Yeah let's get into the pro line. Yes. So, um, the pro line has USB C, like we said before, but it does support higher transfer speeds. It has USB three support, which means that it can get 10 gigabytes per second, um, transferred. So this was, they were really talking about people who are capturing video, um, or just like storing large files on their iPhones and that you can transfer it. For it onto a computer or an external hard drive you could even record to an external hard Mm -hmm. drive so if you were doing spatial video or just 4k video and you wanted to record it straight to an external drive so you're not having to deal with the transfer later you can do that now which is cool
1: yeah they added some features to the pro line that were truly for pros i mean it was if you are somebody who does professional photography professional videography These are really amazing features because they allow you to transfer very quickly. Also, if you're somebody who likes to back up your device on your Mac, this will save you a lot of time as well. Mm -hmm. For me, I pretty much do none of that. So I didn't need this feature, although it certainly never hurts.
0: Yeah, I think that and then the material, that was another very notable change, the USB-C. And then it now the outer shell of your iPhone is going to be titanium, which yes. is um, lighter weight. It has what they're saying, like the best ratio of weight to strength of any metal they've used in an iPhone before. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to have a lighter weight one because I actually have noticed the Pro line. It's pretty hefty.
1: It is a little hefty. So this is, da- I have... I have the actual specs here. This is what I was saying I was going to surprise you with. Okay. So. Because during the event, I'm
0: like, how much lighter though? Yeah.
1: Which (laughs) it matters. It's like they kept saying it was lighter and they weirdly just never actually gave us the specs. Yeah. So I'm looking at the the Pro Max because that's the phone I have. The iPhone 14 Pro Max, which is the phone I have in my hand, is 8.47 ounces. Mm. And the iPhone 15 Pro Max is 7.81 ounces. So that's significant. Was say that again? Okay. 8.47, 8.47.
0: to 7.81. That I do feel like that'll you'll be able to feel it. Yeah, I think it'll be
1: noticeable. Um it'll be let's do some quick math. I think it'll be close to 10% later. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that it'll definitely be noticeable. It's but it's not like dramatic. It's not going to be like 30 or 40% later.
0: No, and that also kind of answers my question. Like I feel like if it was really noticeable in a bigger way, they probably would have mentioned how much lighter, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: this is true. Instead I'm curious of being like just 10% to ten
0: percent lighter. <laughs> I'm
1: curious to look. Okay. And the Pro Max is really where you see the benefit because let's do the 14 Pro versus the 15 Pro really quick. And what you see here is seven it goes from seven point seven to six point six. So that's pretty noticeable too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it actually I think so. Th- the it being lighter weight will definitely be noticeable for people. It also it looks pretty.
1: Yeah, it looked nice. Um, I liked it has a little slightly more curved edges.
0: I liked that. I wasn't that into the, like the chunky square edge of the iPhones that they've been going for.
1: And I'm pretty happy to go back to a metal back. Um, not only because titanium is stronger metal, but also glass back just scares me. It's way more likely. Yeah, to break. yeah. And so. I, I used to years ago go caseless and I keep being tempted and this phone really tempts me because it hyped up how strong the glass was and it's a metal back. So I don't know. It's possible to live a little more dangerously but these phones have gotten so expensive that I don't think I can do it. <laughs> You're gonna do a screen
0: protector and nothing on the back.
1: That's what I used to do, yeah. Oh. yeah. Cause they're so like, it's I during the announcement I took it off just to, just to like look at the phone I had and feel the weight of it. And it's such a beautiful phone that we all cover. And it's—I wish that it was a little more durable, so we didn't have to do that.
0: Yeah, I know. I have some friends who do that, um, and I think they're a little crazy, but we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, bezels are a little thinner too. Yeah, like they're getting a little closer to the edge to actual edge to edge, which display.
1: matters as well. It contributes to lightness and the form factor. It allowed them to have a smaller phone while having the same screen size.
0: So it's the same display size that you had last year, the 6.1 for the base pro line or the pro line, and then 6.7 for the max. Yes. Um, other features we, the camera is the other kind of star of the show. You have the same three lenses, but now with the telephoto lens, they've added in the ability to do five times optical zoom as opposed to three times optical zoom that you had in last year. Now,
1: just to be clear, cause this is the first time they've done this that I can remember, that feature is only for the Pro Max.
0: You're right. It's just for the Pro Max. So so that's a good point. So
1: the iPhone 15 Pro will have three cameras, but it has the same zooms as the iPhone 14 Pro, which means you get 0.5x, 1x, and 3x, plus they had the digital 2x, which is a little confusing. Um, But for the Pro Max, you have 1x, 2x, and 5x. So you get a huge zoom there. Now, I I watched it and I kept thinking it was cool. So I might th- be into it, but also, like I said, I found that 3x was often too much zoom. So I'm a little worried that 5x is just like, I'm never gonna use it.
0: But it could be like for di- a really different use case than yeah. what you're thinking. Like um, they were giving like close up shots of people as examples. And I'm not usually even thinking to do that with a zoom. I'm usually trying to get, like, a little closer, but um, not get, like, a close-up portrait of someone, usually, with Zoom. But they were saying, like, also action shots. If you're, like, at a sports game for your kid or something, it might, like, let you get really close to action and get a high-quality shot.
1: No, I I think – and I think that's where I kind of was a little bit convinced because part of the problem with the 3X – is it's not that different from 2X. Yeah, it felt like a
0: weird in-between. Yeah,
1: it was like, I don't know which one's better, and 3X is a little too close. Whereas 5X is just clearly a different use case. It's you're at a sporting event, or you see something in nature far away. And there's a lot of times where that sort of thing happens to me, where I'm trying to get a nice photo of something that's far away.
0: Like a bird in a tree. And then you might be able to actually get like a good picture instead of one of those weird pictures where it's always just like a little blob in a tree. Exactly. (laughs) And they seem to
1: have a lot of good um, tech behind it as well, where it wasn't just the zoom, but they had really advanced stabilization, which so you don't have a blob in a tree because it's too blurry (laughs) as well.
0: (laughs) So this is what I wanted to talk about, just how I think the iPhone is so great as a camera. And I'm really glad that they're adding more and more actual, like legit features to it because I was just over at my parents for brunch last weekend and my dad takes out his DSLR and he just has some, some new lenses he got. And he has like a zoom lens. That's probably like four feet long. (laughs) And he takes it out and he's trying to take a picture of me and my boyfriend. And I'm just like, I feel so uncomfortable right now with this thing pointed (laughs) at me but they're talking about with this uh, five times optical zoom in the iphone 15 pro max it doesn't protrude any further from your device but they've they've found a way to design it where it still does have a, a longer focal length legitimately, and it does, it looks, you know, we'll have to do our hands-on testing and and next month's episode, we'll do some, uh, give you some of our takes on it, but it's amazing that they're able to get such a high quality optical zoom instead of just like a digital reproduction in something that still can be so discreet and that you're carrying with you all the
1: time. That's the thing for me too, is that it's not just the form factor is means it's more discreet, but it's also that you have in your pocket because there's so many moments in life where you want to take a photo and you just don't have your DSLR with you. And you don't want to, even if you have it, you don't necessarily want to go set up, set up your lenses, take it out, you know what I mean? Like your phone is so quick and easy to have access to and the cameras have gone to a point where they're really high quality.
0: I know. And it is hard uh, to look at all of these features and to not want the best one, knowing that it's in the Pro Max, which is teasing what my decision is (laughs) going to be. But I I think we should still wait till the end, till we get through the rest.
1: (laughs) Uh, Another one that I'm pretty excited about is the action button. Mm -hmm. So they are replacing the little toggle on the side of your phone, which was the sound versus versus silent mode, which I think is such a good idea. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like, how often are you toggling that on or off?
0: I feel like you're either a sound person or you're not a sound person. Mine's pretty much always silenced, same. but I will occasion, occasionally take it off. But I, I also would be happy just to do that in control center. It doesn't have to be a manual button. And, and
1: so how this works is you could use that for the same feature if you wanted, where you toggle on and off the sound. But it's a physical button as opposed to a little switch thingy which is a technical term, and, <laughs> and you can set it up for whatever shortcut you want. So it gives you a bunch of options. You can have it be your flashlight. You can have it be your camera. You could have it be the silencer. You can also use the shortcuts app to execute more complicated things. Like if you have a smart home, you could tap that button and it could do a whole scene in your house where it turns on your lights, unlocks your door, things like that. So it's That's pretty cool. cool. I'm excited about that.
0: I am going to use it for... Um... By the way, the action button comes to the pro and pro Max, not yes. just the Pro Max. I'm gonna use it for my focus modes. Cause I use I my work focus that. mode all the time. And when I turn that on, only work people I only get notifications from work apps and people that I work with, and it just tunes out the noise and makes sure that when I'm teaching classes or recording podcasts, I'm not having notifications come in. And um I really like the idea of being able to use the action button for that and just having it be super seamless.
1: I think I will do... I'm I'm debating between the camera and the flashlight. They both seem really practical. Mm. I'm worried, though, for actually for both of them, and I don't know how we will do this, they will end up pushing my pocket a lot.
0: Yeah, the camera specifically, it seems like you'll have a lot of pictures in your pocket.
1: Yeah, but also if I turn on the, the flashlight in my pocket a lot, I'll drain my battery.
0: Yeah. I'll, you'll we'll have to test back. it out. Yeah, I'll have to report back. But that one I do think is fun, like... If you're going to have a button, an extra button on your phone, it should be your choice of what it does. The silent switch, I mean, I think most people now don't need to have a phone that rings, would be my opinion. So I feel like you
1: should just always have your phone on silent. I agree. That is my opinion as well. Um, People who
0: have their phone ring are rude.
1: (laughs) Wow, we have a hot take here. I apologize to the half of you that have that. (laughs) Please don't talk to Donna.
3: (laughs)
0: If um, you have typing noises on, you're especially rude. Oof, oof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Email so- us at podcast.ifoldlife.com <laughs> if you're offended by what I just said.
1: <laughs> but don't be rude. Yeah. <laughs> so. Moving right along here, (laughs) a couple other features. This is one where we talked about was really cool for the ecosystem and also probably 95% of us won't use. You can do, I don't remember what they're called. They're like virtual videos or something like that. Basically, you can record videos on your iPhone. Spatial video. Spatial videos, thanks, that you can watch on your uh, headset, what?
0: Apple Vision Pro. Thank you. Gosh. Yeah, so you only need to spend $3,500 next year to get the Apple Vision Pro, and then you can watch the videos that you took on your iPhone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. But I mean, we're, we're joking a little tongue in cheek because that's a lot of money, but like they look so cool. They look really cool. Like imagine being able to actually be inside a video from a childhood memory. Like, I it's know. really cool. I, we were joking. We were like, you're just doing it because most of us probably will not buy it when it first comes out. So really, what we're doing is recording videos for our grandchildren, who will all have these someday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it did make me a little emotional. Like, the, Apple does a good job with their videos and stuff. Like, thinking about my niece and nephew living in California, and I'm like missing important moments. And it would be so cool to feel like included by being able to watch 3d videos of like their birthday party or whatever it was that i couldn't be at
1: and i've read i have not yet had a chance to test the vision pro but i've read from people who've had hands-on experience with it that these videos are really immersive that they're Mm -hmm. really powerful and way more like engaging than you would think
0: yeah definitely there are a lot of early reviewers that are saying that alone is makes it worth getting the vision yeah (laughs)
1: exactly so i mean of course apple had to add it to the iphone otherwise how were we ever going to have these videos to watch so we all kind of knew this was coming but nonetheless it's a very cool feature that being said it seems to they didn't explicitly say this but Based on the way they structured their iCloud storage and the way they structured mm-hmm. their local storage, I think it'll take up a lot, a lot of space, which makes sense. If it's a literal 3D video.
0: Yeah, already like 4K video takes up a ton of space, or if you're using. Pro-Raw? Pro-Res? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with this, they're like, now you can just record your videos straight to an external drive. <laughs> Plus, we're upping the storage like to eight terabytes. <laughs> you can get to up to an eight terabyte storage uh, iPhone now. Which is wild. Mm-hmm. Another
1: feature that probably most of our listeners will not care that much about, but still bears mentioning is it has a dramatically improved uh, GPU. So GPU's graphic mm. processor unit. It's what processes all the graphics, as the name would apply. Uh, but it's really primarily used for gaming and video editing. So on an iPhone, you're probably not going to do video editing, so they spend most of their time talking about gaming and how cool it would be. And it did look impressive. They had something called ray tracking, which is... Uh, allows you to accurately render lighting so you can have like within a video game have like reflections of light that bounce off a mirror and bounce off a wall and it makes it look really realistic so that sounded cool except for i never do gaming on my iphone
0: neither um yeah so yeah we totally skipped over the a17 pro good good one circling (laughs) back to that that's what they're calling the processor that's in the pro line i don't really know why they didn't just have a be the A17, since like usually there would, if you say A17 Pro, there would be an A17, but maybe they're gonna release that to the base level iPhones next year. Um, So that could be the reason why, but better faster processor is always good.
1: Yeah, and I'm guessing we will all benefit from the better GPU, even if we're not gaming, it just wouldn't be as dramatic. So yeah, better faster processor is always good. I'm sure it'll be very fast. And if you
0: are doing gaming on your iPhone, it's particularly exciting. I didn't see that it was going to lead to higher, um, like more hours of battery life. I, it appeared
1: to be the same battery life, but I can look at my little chart here and report back. Let's look. Yeah, the fourteen Pro versus Pro, Pro Max. Um, it might take me a minute to find it. Sorry. No worries. Here we go. Okay. So... Oh, I have Pro and Pro Max. So one more second, and I promise I will have an answer for you. (laughs) Okay. So it's the same. Video playback is 29 hours across both. This is the Pro Max. Mm. 25 hours for um, streaming and 95 hours of audio. So it's the same. Oh, they did announce another new feature for the iPhone 15 that just popped in my head, Mm. which was for phone calls. They now have sound sound isolation.
0: oh yeah i thought that, was, that cool. was pretty
1: cool so if you're like let's say in a crowded if if you're in an airport or a farm the example they used was a farmer's market you can push a button and it'll block out all the noise behind you and they'll would we'll just hear your voice
0: yeah that's really nice because that's something they've had in facetime for a while that you could control weirdly through control center where if you're on a call and you open control center you could either like amplify the sound around you if you want to play like at a symphony or something otherwise you can like (laughs) tune all that out with noise isolation but uh, yeah if they have the technology there why not apply it to phone calls yeah Just regular phone calls.
1: Okay. I Um, think we did it. Now let's talk about pricing for a minute because that was a little bit interesting.
0: Pre-order begins Friday, September 15th. So that's just a few days away from now and we're recording on the 12th. And then uh, actually starts shipping on the 22nd, which is the same day as the Apple Watches. Yes. That that ship.
1: So it'll be ready very soon. Mm -hmm. And for pricing, there's a lot of rumors that Apple would raise their price. And they did something interesting, which was... For the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro, they kept the pricing the same as the previous model, so that was good. For the Pro Max, they raised the price by $100, but the base model now comes with 250 gigabytes of storage as opposed to 128. So basically they kept the price the same, assuming you would have bought the 256 gigabytes of storage, which I tended to buy anyway, so for me it would be the same price.
0: It's going to be the same price for me too cuz I yeah I switched over to to 256 last year after David convinced me that 128 wasn't enough and I've been really happy with that. It's been so nice to just not have to worry about it. Mm. So especially if I'm going to be taking bigger videos with my new iPhone, I want to get the 256 at least anyway. So that was nice to see that Apple didn't just hike the price on us and even on top of that, we were going to have to pay an extra 100 on top of that 100 yeah. to get the 256. Yeah, gigabytes. so
1: virtually the same price, except for you no longer have the option for 128, which would have been hypothetically cheaper.
0: Right. But you can still get 128 in the base level iPhone 15s.
1: Yes. Okay. So now let's, before we wrap up here, let's just spend a few minutes talking about A, what we're going to get, and B, just some like maybe use cases of who should buy what.
0: Yeah. It's not all about us. It's unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our question of the week, too, is what devices are you planning on getting? We'd love to hear your reasoning, podcast at iPhoneLife.com. Um, so, drumroll, what are you going to get? I
1: am. <laughs> a little drumroll. I am planning on upgrading, as we sort of alluded to. I am. A couple years ago, I switched to the Pro Max. It actually might have just been last year, and I haven't looked back. I love the bigger screen size. I find that I don't mind that it takes up a little extra space in my pocket. I love the extra battery life with it. I also love the um, the screen itself. It allow, it's big enough where it can allow me to do just a little bit more work because I often will, you know, respond to emails or check something on the web. And so this year, it made, they made Apple made an even easier decision by having a better camera just for that phone. So. I'm gonna upgrade. Um and I am really excited. Okay, Donna.
0: <laughs> okay, are you gonna draw oh, yeah. for me?
1: Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: I am going to get the iPhone 15 Pro Max, Ooh. like you. I'm gonna get the 258 gigabyte, just stick with the base storage since that's worked fine for me with my 14 Pro and I'm going to get the black one.
1: Oh, I didn't mention that too. Yeah. I I'm I like the colors actually. I think they're all fun. I also think I will go black and they look like a nice we're so matchy Mac Mac. matchy. I know. Well, I feel like this was like the I feel like I just won a years long argument with you because I've been <laughs> you telling did, you for you years did. that I love the Max and you've stubbornly stuck with your
0: smaller device. It's true. So if you've been listening to the podcast, then you might be surprised by my decision. <laughs> and I think what's tipped me over the edge yeah. is a combination of hearing about your experience David knowing that it's easier to get work done on it and also like just watch videos and stuff because i i do end up using my iphone for work a decent amount especially checking emails checking our website and it's just nice having a bigger display yeah absolutely so there's that there's also the fact that they're using titanium so it is going to be lighter weight mm-hmm. and, and like in a slightly smaller form factor
1: just slightly mm-hmm. but still
0: So I think those things are nice. And then I just, something shifted in the way I was thinking about it. I'm like, yes, it's kind of a big clunky phone to carry around, but really I have the room for it. Like it's not (laughs) a problem to put it in my purse. I don't know. I have just been, for some reason, just for a long time, it just felt like it was too big. And I think i've finally adjusted after how many years it's been around
1: <laughs> well and i was just gonna say i think there's something to that because i remember when airpods first came out we all talked about how silly it looked and how it looked like you had cigarettes hanging out from your ears and now we've all gotten used to it and i don't think anybody for years now has told me i look silly with airpods in my ears yeah because you just see it all day every day with everybody in the world and there's something to the phone too when it first came out it just looked a little unwieldy and a little bit too big and now we're all used to seeing it.
0: Yeah. Like, I think in a recent podcast, you were even talking about, I'm like, oh, we have the same device. And you're like, no, mine's the Max. And <laughs> it's like, doesn't look too big to me anymore. And yeah. before it, like, there was something that it felt a little silly. And yeah, that's changed to me. So I'm really excited because um, I do, at this point, use my phone all the time. I've debated getting an iPad, which I you all helped me make a decision on. And then I still didn't pull the trigger on doing. (laughs) So I'm like, this kind of just gets me closer to having the iPad experience on an iPhone.
1: There you go. And I will actually, I have noticed the only downside of this phone, the Pro Max, is that it's useful enough that I end up not using my iPad as much as I used to. It used to be that That whenever I would do any work, I would put down my phone and pull out my iPad. And now I'm usually a little too lazy and I just use my phone.
0: Yeah, because the display is so nice, right? Yeah,
1: it's nice. Yeah, it's it's so nice. It's an OLED, and it's just very convenient just to be able to do it all on one device. Yeah. So okay, we talked about. I mean, we kind of did a little bit of comparing and contrasting between the Pro and the Pro Max, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on why why not get the base model, and why are you getting the Pro? And and then let's talk a little bit about you know who should who should get what because it's not about us.
0: Yeah. So. The action button I do not think is a reason to get the pro line. Mm -hmm. Like I'm excited about it. It'll be fun, but I don't think that's going to be like a game changing feature for anyone. Probably. No, I agree. Um, I think that the switch to USB-C across the board is a nice addition. Um, But really, and the camera even, it's like, that's like not something I don't think that like people absolutely need. So I would say that if you have an iPhone 13 or an iPhone 14, I probably wouldn't update this year at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have to start with that obvious caveat that a lot of it depends on what your budget is and how enthusiastic you are about Apple products. Because some people make a point of upgrading every single year and others will write us emails and tell us how ridiculous it is that we would suggest that. So it really depends on you. The other mm-hmm. point for budget, though, that I do want to mention is that these phones retain value. So the Apple said, and, and this is often the case, that you can get up to $800 if you trade in a phone. So I have the 14 Pro Max. I'm, I'll check, but I'm guessing I'll be able to get close to the $800, which means to upgrade will cost me roughly $300, maybe $400. So it's not like to upgrade every year does not usually cost you $1,100. It just costs you the difference of the value of what you paid last year and what you're getting this year when you trade it in.
0: That is all true. Um, And I think that that's something, you know, most of our listeners are Apple enthusiasts. So tailoring the advice more to all of you, it's, (laughs) it's sort of like... Buy what you can't not buy. Like whenever I'm talking to my dad, and you know, and considering my options too, it's like we're like, well, we don't need the new devices. Like yeah. We're trying to talk ourselves out of it, and then usually end up buying something anyway yeah. because we want it. So it's like I don't know. It's hard to give advice to people who just like get excited about all the new features. It's, do you absolutely need to use the action button? Do you need the five times optical zoom? Maybe not, but do you want it? Probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am right there with you. you know. So here's something that I'm very clear on. If you have a 14 Pro, do not get the 15. Like The 14 oh, Pro yeah. may debatably be a better phone than the 15.
0: I mean, the- isn't it pretty much is better?
1: There's some features you get on the 15 that you wouldn't have gotten. Um, and I think some of the new Zoom stuff, but no, you're right because... The 14, the pro, the 14 pro has three cameras. It has a better portrait. So yeah.
0: And it has the OLED display. Yeah, Which is really nice. And it has the always on display, which you're also not going to get.
1: So I, okay. So I think we can inclusively say if you have a 14 pro, don't get the 15. Yeah. Uh, I think to me, I, again, the, the pro, the 14, the 15, the iPhone 15 is a really great phone it's probably a good enough phone for pretty much everybody. So you, there's, there's not a lot of people who absolutely have to get the Pro. If budget is a concern, I think you can feel really good about getting the iPhone 15 if you need a phone. But I think you and I both love our OLED displays. We do notice a difference. Mm-hmm. We both really have talked about in this podcast how great n- cameras are on our phones and the nicer camera I think those two features are the ones that really make it worth it. You add on the faster processor, which is one of those things that you don't think about. You don't necessarily like measure your speed, but you're going to notice a difference in everything you do all day. So those three things combined, especially when the difference in price isn't that extreme, if you can afford it, it's hard not to recommend the pros.
0: I, I would agree with that. And I think that you know it, there's also an argument to be made that if you can pick up a 14 Pro, like a used 14 pro that's in good condition for cheap. Now. probably is a good time to do that, too
1: No, I agree I, I had that same thought of like going and looking on eBay or something like that for people because I think the 14 pro Apple doesn't sell on their website
0: anymore as of like today, mm-hmm. but
1: is actually Probably a good option for most people
0: and do you think some of the carriers offer it or no? I actually don't know Yeah, and best buy be worth checking. Yeah, Um, but I think that for people who do have like an iPhone 11 or an iPhone 12, getting the iPhone 15 would be a great upgrade. Like you, all the things you've gotten over these past three years add up to like noticeable nice differences. Yeah.
1: As Donna mentioned early in the podcast, even though we've had largely incremental updates the last few years, they stack. And so if your phone is two, three years old. It really is going to be a dramatic update for you. It's going to feel like a really great new device based on what you have. It's going to be a lot faster. Your camera is going to be way, way better. Battery life, all of that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, the 48 megapixel camera, that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. The other thing I can say pretty conclusively is if you have an iPhone 8 or earlier, it, it no longer supports iOS 17. You got update it's time. now. I think it's time. <laughs> and we have quite a few listeners who are on those older devices, and I get it. It's so awesome that they last that long. If you can make it work, if you don't care, go for it. But I think it's time if you have a device that no longer supports most recent operating system.
0: And that's not just like a don't miss out on fun features point. Um, We, for security reasons, it's important to be able to keep updating your operating system to the latest version of the OS so for that reason too you'll be safer and better off if you have a phone that supports the latest OS
1: yeah I agree and your friends will start having features that are really not compatible with your phone they'll send you stickers and you can't view them and things like that and it's gonna start getting frustrating plus lithium-ion batteries erode over time and so that's where you do it's not as much as we all want to sort of blame Apple for planned obsolescence it's just a fact of lithium lithium ion batteries and so every two three years it probably does make sense to upgrade for your battery life if for no other reason
0: yeah um, the other thing I would say too is we're excited about the 15 Pro Max and neither of us are probably we're not videographers, but for people who are in that field and who are, you know, whether they like you like to create videos for the fun of it or you're using it for your job, the 15 Pro Max could be a really great investment for your work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're somebody who thinks you might use it for professional photography, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, We talked about Apple Watch, but just to summarize there, I think we both feel like it was a nice upgrade, but like, unless you, we're already thinking about updating. It's not worth it just for the features released today.
0: I would definitely agree with that. And
1: neither one of us was in the market for an Apple Watch. We have pretty new ones.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel like much of a pinch for me to pass this year. Pinch, I feel like it's a funny choice of words, and I think with the double (laughs) pinch. (laughs) But yeah, that sums it up. If you are an insider, stick around. We're gonna go over a sneak peek of uh, our favorite iOS 17 features that, again, will be available to you September 18th. If you're an insider too, you're gonna get our full iOS 17 guide. So stick around, insiders, and we'll see the rest of you next time.
1: And don't forget to email us. We'd love to hear from you what products you'll be getting and let us know why. That always helps us to read
0: it on air. Uh, Podcast at iPhoneLife.com. Let us know. Thanks. If you like this show, also, please take a moment to review it in the App Store uh, and let us know what you think so that other listeners like you can find us. Yes. Thank you. Bye, everyone.